going to read um, from Psalm 23 this morning, um, a very, very well-known uh, part of Scripture. And we're going to spend a couple of weeks uh, looking at Psalm 23. Uh, we're going to read the whole Psalm just now, um, Psalm 23, which is, The Lord is my shepherd. Let's read God's Word together. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. And Lord, as we read your word and spend some time looking at scripture just now, we thank you that your word never returns to you void. And we pray, Father, that as we spend time uh, digging deep into the richness of your truth, Father, we thank you that you will speak to our hearts. Would you give us ears to hear what you're saying to us this morning? Would you give us minds to understand, Lord, and hearts that are open and soft to receive your instruction towards us? And Father, we pray that as, as we spend time just now looking at Psalm 23, that it would cause us to fall more in love with our shepherd, the Lord. For we ask these things in your precious name. Amen. Psalm 23 is a very, very well-known psalm. Uh, it is one of my um, most favorite parts of Scripture. It's definitely in my top, top three. It might even be the most favorite. I, I just love it. I love Psalm 23. And next, next Sunday, we'll, be, we'll sing Psalm 23. Uh, we sang it maybe over a year ago to the tune of the Bays of Harris. And we'll do that again next week. I just love Psalm 23. And I, I think, it's, this is just a guess, but I would guess that it's probably one of the best known parts of Scripture that there is, even outside of the church. Most people, a lot of people would know Psalm 23. Um, it's one of the more um, sung uh, Sam's sung hymn songs at funerals, even those that are outside of church, they know that there's, there's comfort that they get from the words in Psalm 23. And you've probably been to a funeral service where Psalm 23 has been sung or read. And Psalm 23 is a psalm um, that shows the confidence that David the psalmist has in the Lord. That he can trust in God in all parts of his life. You see, this is not just a funeral psalm. This isn't just a psalm that we're meant to read uh, at a funeral. This is a psalm that is for every part, every season in our life. Because we see the trust that we should have in God and the confidence that we can have in him. In the good times, in the blessed times, in the plentiful times, in the difficult seasons when we're feeling low, when we're going through hard hardship, when we feel everything is going against us and we feel that we've got enemies 
And even as our life is drawing uh, near its end, this is a psalm that is applicable. It is just a, a beautiful, beautiful psalm where David, he uses this illustration and image of God being like his shepherd. I think a lot of us would turn to Psalm 23, particularly for maybe verses 4, which speaks about the valley of the shadow of death. And we often read it in kind of pastoral situations when things are difficult. But we'll get to that next week, verse 4. We're going to spend this morning looking at verses 1 to 3. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. It's not just in difficult times that we turn to God, but in good times, we're meant to have our gaze upon him as well. I wonder, let me ask you this question. When do you turn to God? When do you turn to God? Is it an everyday occurrence for you? Is it something that is just part of your life, part of your, um, part of your relationship with Jesus, that you just turn to him every day, regardless of what's going on, and you just want to bless him, you just want to be in his presence? Or is it just in hard times? Because we see that, and we'll think about this more next week, but even when difficult things happen in the world, people's kind of um, thoughts straight away is prayer, even though they don't understand maybe who they're praying to or what prayer is going to achieve. There is solace, there's comfort in it, in hardship, in turning to this thought that there's a, a higher power, a, a bigger power, someone more powerful than us that might be looking out for us. But that isn't where David starts this psalm. He starts by saying, you know, God is good to me. I need nothing because the Lord is my shepherd. Sometimes I find myself even, it's in the difficult times that I feel it's more kind of natural for me to turn to God. But we see here David at the very beginning of Psalm 23, he turns his attention towards God as the provider of the blessings in his life. The psalm, as we saw this in the children's video, was written by David, who himself was a shepherd boy. He was a shepherd boy, and he went on to become God's chosen king over his people, Israel. And David, in David, we have um, what we call a type of Christ in theology. It's called typology. He's a type of Christ. And what that means is he prefigures Jesus, or in a much more simpler kind of way, he symbolizes Christ. He symbolizes the Messiah in some ways. And we see loads of these um, types of Christ in the Old Testament where they're just pointing to the Messiah, even though they don't know it. But God has kind of ordained them to do so in who they are and their character and how they carry themselves. We've, we saw that when we looked at Joseph. There's loads of parallels that we see between Joseph and Jesus. Loads of parallels. Jonah is another one where we see Jonah spend three days in the belly of a big fish, which kind of points towards the Messiah spending three days in a tomb. And like I said, David is another where he is a shepherd boy who would go on to become the king of Israel. And in some ways, it's a, it's a prophetic illustration of who the Messiah would be. 
And David, not just was he a shepherd looking after kind of sheep in the natural sense, he, he was called in 2 Samuel chapter 5, when he was the king of Israel, that he was to be the shepherd of Israel as their king. So as the king of Israel, David was called by God to be the shepherd of God's people, which pointed to his royal responsibility. So there is royalty within this psalm in Psalm 23 in the title of shepherd. It's not just pastoral, but there's this royalty that we see within it. In this title, shepherd. As David was called as the king of Israel to be the shepherd of God's people. Just as David was the people of God's earthly shepherd and king. Jesus is the king of kings. But he's also the shepherd of shepherds. He is our king who sits in heaven, ascended in all glory. Who shepherds us even in this day. And David at the beginning of Psalm 23. He, he says this basically at the beginning. I am your like earthly shepherd as your king. But I have a shepherd. And he is the Lord. The Lord is my shepherd, David says. As I am your earthly shepherd and I have responsibility for you as God has called me. I have one who tends to me and who looks after me. And he is the Lord. He is my shepherd. So this is a royal psalm as well as a pastoral psalm. Where the shepherd is the leader. And Jesus, he is our shepherd king. You see in John 10 where Jesus speaks about being the good shepherd. Who lays down his life for his sheep. Jesus is our shepherd king. And David's experience as a shepherd wasn't little. He had lots of experience. Lots of experience. We heard in the video he, uh, he fought lions and he fought bears with his bare hands. He knew what it was to protect his sheep. He knew what it was to put his life on the line for his flock his sheep when he was a boy. He knew what it meant to be a shepherd in the natural world, needing to lead them to places to graze, to, to keep them safe, to keep them from harm's way. Sheep are, can be sometimes a bit foolish animals where they just wander off and they're not really sure of their surroundings. But the shepherd was responsible for them. And we see David's point. He points to God and he says, that is who God is to me. He tends to me. He protects me. He provides me. Provides for me. He guards for me. The Lord is my shepherd. And this is the first time in the Psalms that God has been referred to as a shepherd. And it shows such an, an intimate description of who God is. In Bible times, the shepherd would live with his flock. He was everything to his sheep. They were so dependent upon him as protector and guide and provider. He would look after the overall well-being of his sheep. And the shepherd was so important to the sheep 
But the sheep were so important to the shepherd, so much that he would sometimes put his life on the line. He would, he would fight wild animals just to protect them, to keep them safe. Do you know this morning that you are intimately loved by God? That he passionately loves you. I alluded to, I think, in the service earlier, or maybe in one of my prayers, about you know, Jesus being the lover of our souls. So that Jesus loves your soul this morning. C.H. Spurgeon said, Consider how precious a soul is when both God and the devil are after it. Consider how precious a soul is when both God and the devil are after it. You are precious to God this morning. You are precious to him. You've been, as another Sam says, fearfully and wonderfully made. God has a plan for your life. He loves you. And he wants to care for you as your shepherd. As your shepherd. Just look at how personal God is. David here, he doesn't speak in the third person or use the kind of the royal we. He says that God is his shepherd. That God makes him lie down. That God tends to him. He leads him. He restores him. David could have said, you know, the Lord is our shepherd. He makes us lie down. He leads us by still waters. He restores our soul. But that's not what David says. He starts from this place of a personal relationship with God. The Lord is my shepherd. It was his testimony. And I wonder, friends, can you say that this morning? Can you say with all sincerity of heart that the Lord is your shepherd? Do you know God as your shepherd personally? I wonder if you know God personally this morning. And if you don't, then why don't you come to him? As the good shepherd who's laid his life down for his sheep. We see in another parable, which we'll speak on in a few moments, he goes searching for the one that is lost. God is searching for your soul this morning. Calling out to you. Will you respond to his gospel in faith? Because if you want to know God this morning, if you, we read, if you search for him with all your heart, we're told that you will find him. I heard this week that God is only a prayer away. Maybe some of us are searching. Maybe some of us have, uh, they've been searching for the last wee while. We've been involved in Alpha. We've been at the prayer course and, you know, we've been watching more church services. Maybe we've been thinking about God more. Maybe our lifestyle's changing a bit, but maybe we haven't actually asked Jesus into our hearts this morning. Have you searched after him with everything, with all your heart? Because we read in the word of God that if you do and you search after him with everything you have, with all your heart, you will find him. So maybe you've been seeking, but maybe there's been conditions that have been attached to your search. God, you know, I, I want you in my life, but X, Y, said. 
God, I want you in my life, but I still want to be able to, you know, do what I want at the weekends. God, I want you in my life, but I still want to be able to do this with my finances or my material possessions. God, I want you in my life, but I still want to be able to go and enjoy myself with my friends and and do things that maybe are contrary to your word. See, friends, these are conditions that we attach. And if we are attaching those things, that we're not searching after him with all of our hearts. I think it was C.S. Lewis who said, people can't find God for the same reason thieves cannot find a policeman. I love that. You ever seen a thief really search for a policeman? No, not really. They've not been searching with everything. If they wanted to, they would be able to find one, but they're really just on the lookout, keeping watch. Search after him with everything and you will find him and he can be your shepherd. And maybe this morning you do know the Lord is your shepherd. Maybe you've walked with him and you've talked with him along life's way. Maybe you know him as your personal shepherd. Maybe you can, with all sincerity of heart, say, do you know what, Norman? Yes, the Lord is my shepherd. But maybe you've forgotten the truth of this psalm, that God wants to care for you this morning. That he wants to tend to you personally. It's not just about a congregation. It's not just about a population. But actually he wants to care for you as an individual. Because our shepherd is personal. And he is a caring shepherd who wants to tend to his sheep. So much so that he'd leave the 99 to go and find that one lost sheep. Maybe you need to be reminded this morning that your shepherd is personally there for you and that you don't need to do life in your own strength. You don't need to do life in your own strength. And let's look at that. See what, how, not just how personal the shepherd is, but how active the shepherd is on our behalf. How active he is. Just, it's not just about David saying me or, or my or I, but he, he says, the Lord is my shepherd. He, God makes me lie down. God leads me beside still waters. God restores my soul. God leads me in paths of righteousness for God's name's sake. It is the shepherd who is so actively involved in his sheep's life. God makes, God leads, God restores, God acts, God leads. And it's because of that that we can say at the very beginning of Psalm 23 that I shall not want. Because God is actively involved in our life. He's the God of the abundance. And just as we think about lying down, do you know what's amazing about a sheep lying down? A sheep will not lie down unless of two things. It feels safe and it feels satisfied. That's what we see within these verses here, verses 1 to 3. Just the safety and the peacefulness of what the shepherd provides for his people. But also this, the satisfaction that we find in God and God alone. How it's only in God we find nourishment. It's only in God that we are satisfied. And we see here the shepherd looking after the physical well-being of his sheep, providing what they need. He takes them to the green pastures. He leads them to the waters. 
He provides physically for them. But it's not just about physical. Like I said, we can just, even within these verses, we can just hear the, the, the peace that, that is just so present within them. There's no chaos present whatsoever. There's just real peace. That peace that passes all understanding from the, the presence of the shepherd with his flock. And God's provision is a peaceful provision. It's not chaotic. And it all flows out of the abundance that we find and we have in our relationship with the good shepherd who is Jesus. And we see in the gospel just before Jesus feeds the 5,000. Just before Jesus feeds the 5,000, we have this really interesting few verses just before it. He steps off the boat and he sees a large crowd. And we read these words that he looked upon them and he had compassion. That means he was moved to his innermost part. And why did he have compassion on them? We read this, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And what do we see happens when we were like sheep without a shepherd? We're actually, we're malnourished. Because Jesus did two things. Yes, he went on and he provided physically for them and fed their bellies. But before he did that, he tended to their soul. He tended to their spiritual need. Because we read before he provided the miracle and performed the miracle, he taught them many things. He tended to their spiritual life. He tended to their soul. Jesus wants to nourish your soul as well as your belly this morning. He cares about your spiritual walk. He cares about your spiritual life because he is the good shepherd. And when we're malnourished, he looks upon us and he has compassion. And before he tended to the crowd physically and giving them the fish and loaves, he taught them many things. Because he is the bread of heaven that brings nourishment to our souls. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Jesus wants to be your manna from heaven every day. That's what he means with the bread of heaven. And in Matthew 5, we read that, that blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. Why? Because they will be satisfied. Satisfaction is found in the provision of the shepherd alone. You might be going off and trying to find satisfaction in this world. And you might find a wee bit of pleasure. But it will not last. It will disappear. The bottle will get empty. The hit you've taken, it will wear off. The money you've made will eventually not be enough. The car you've bought will eventually seize and rust. But actually we find a satisfaction in relationship with the shepherd who wants to restore our soul. I love the, the NLT translation. It, it, basically, at the beginning of Psalm 23, it says, The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. How beautiful is that? And if you can say, The Lord is your shepherd, you can say, I have all that I need. I have all that I need. There is nothing that I lack in this world because I have Jesus. Because I have the good shepherd tending to me, caring for me. 
we have Jesus, we lack nothing. And that is a life-changing truth when it takes place and takes root in our heart. And the metaphor of God being shepherd is, is, is further explained in the actions that God does towards David the psalmist and towards his people. Just like a shepherd does for his sheep, he leads them in the green pastures by the still waters. And he goes on to say, he restores my soul. He leads paths of righteousness for his name's sake. In verses 2 and 3, we have four descriptions listed of what the shepherd does for his sheep. Makes them lie down, leads them beside waters, restores the soul, and leads them in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He makes me lie down. He laid down his life so that you could lay down in green pastures. He was led to the cross so that you could be led by the still waters. Upon whom was the chastisement that brought us peace? And with his wounds we are healed so that your soul could be restored by his shed blood and his wounds by which we are healed because he is the good shepherd and he lays his life down for his sheep. He leads his sheep on the paths that he wants to take them on because that is where blessing is found. The blessing of the green pastures, the still waters, and the restored soul or the renewed life is another way of thinking of that. I wonder what you think of when you hear this word restored soul. He restores my soul. I would, I think in the Hebrew, it's a rather beautiful word. And, and maybe what you have is, is a, maybe when you were younger, you're um, maybe a granny or a, a mum or someone would restore or, or patch up a, a hole that you got in an item of clothing. My school jeans or school trousers, sorry, were always being restored by my gran. I think she probably sewed more in my seven years in primary school than she did in her whole life combined. But the restoring of our soul is not like a patching up of an old pair of trousers or an old jumper. In the Hebrew, this word, um, which I would pronounce shub, is, is there's this sense of, of, of to bring back, to bring back my soul, to return my soul. He returns my soul. He brings back my soul. He restores my soul. And this is the thing, friends, lost sheep don't bring themselves home. Is that not what we see in the parable Jesus told where the shepherd leaves the 99 and goes and finds the one? Why? Because he knew that one lost sheep would not find his way back home by itself. The shepherd had to go searching, had to go seek and save that which was lost. And you are the one. And Jesus is the shepherd. And he wants to return your soul. But, but as well as this kind of restore, this word restore or shuv is, shuv is, also, is also used in the Old Testament for um, kind of the word repentance. Isn't that amazing? It's also used elsewhere in relation to repentance. Isn't it fascinating that this word that, that means to be brought back can also be used in relation to repentance? So your restoration is linked to your repentance. We are made new when we come to Jesus in repentance of our sins. We are reconciled. We're brought back to our relationship with God the Father. 
here's the thing. It is him who restores us. It is him who draws us to himself. It is him who causes us to repent. Because we were dead in our trespasses. We were that one lost sheep with no hope, no life. And the amazing thing is that Jesus who saves us, he is also the shepherd who keeps us. Once he returns us to the sheepfold, he tends for us, he carries us, he provides for us, and he cares for us. I think after kind of doing this sermon, I've got a new appreciation for the hymn Amazing Grace. And I think John Newton understood this um, truth that we find in Psalm 23 and captured it so beautifully and far more elegantly than I ever could. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. You see, it's through the grace of God we have been saved. It's him who found us. We were lost, we were blind, but now we see because of Christ's amazing grace. But John Newton didn't stop there. "'Twas grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved." How precious did that grace appear the hour I first believed. It is through God's grace that we are restored. That we return to him. Grace leads us to repentance. Not that the sheep managed to find the shepherd. But that the shepherd, the good shepherd came and sought after the sheep. You see, Scripture tells us that salvation belongs to the Lord. It is His grace that has activated your heart if you are found in Christ this morning. If you can say, the Lord is my shepherd, it is His grace that has awakened your heart. It is His grace that has found you and has given you sight. We were dead in our sins, but the shepherd loves his sheep so much that he would give his life for them. To lead them to repent and to be restored. But John Newton doesn't stop there. He tells us that through many dangers, toils and snares, we have already come. T'was grace hath brought us safe thus far, and grace will lead us home. Grace has saved us, it has caused us to repent. But grace, I would say, is some sort of two-sided coin. We are saved by grace, which is one side, but the other side is that we are carried by this grace. We are sustained by this grace. Our soul is restored by the grace of Jesus, the good shepherd. But he tends to us and he carries us in his grace, in his love as our shepherd. Doesn't just save us, but sustains us. It doesn't just cause us to repent, but it restores us and keeps us. God restores your soul and he keeps your soul. And then we read that he leads us on paths of righteousness. Or another way of reading that is on right paths. The shepherd is in charge of the sheep. The shepherd is in charge of the sheep. Do we not see how passive the sheep is in Psalm 23? And how active the shepherd is in Psalm 23? How active he is on his sheep's behalf. The shepherd is in charge. And maybe this morning, by God's grace, you need to be reminded of the, the dynamic of the relationship between you as God's sheep and him as your shepherd. 
Is the Lord your shepherd this morning? Well, there's two tests I think we find in John 10 where Jesus says that he is the good shepherd. There's two tests I think we find in Scripture in John 10 to see the answer to that question, whether we can say the Lord is truly our shepherd or not. Jesus in John 10, when he says that he is the good shepherd, the first thing he says is this, my sheep hear my voice. Do you listen to God's word? Is it your manna? Do you spend every day in it? Getting that nourishment for your soul? Do you hunger and thirst after righteousness? Because if the Lord is your shepherd, then through the power of the Holy Spirit, then yes, we should. And the second test is this. Jesus says, they follow me. Do you do what God says? Do you follow your shepherd? And if you don't belong to Jesus this morning, if Jesus isn't the Lord and Savior of your life, then God is not your shepherd. But if you're found in Christ this morning, then the amazing thing through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ is you can have the Lord as your shepherd and he is your shepherd. And God, by his mercy here this morning, is putting out his beautiful melody of grace and is calling sinners to repentance this morning because he wants to be your shepherd. You just need to come to him in repentance and have your soul restored. And why does he do this? We read for his name's sake. God's role as the shepherd of his people. Yes, it's for protection. Yes, it's to care for them. Yes, it's to provide for them. But ultimately, it's for his own name's sake. For the glory of his name. We see in Isaiah chapter 43, verses 1 to 7, and hopefully they're going to appear on your screen just now. We read these words. But now thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, you are mine. Let's just stop there. Do we not see that in the restoration of our souls in Psalm 23? And then it goes on and it says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. That's just, that's, that for me is just verse 4 in Psalm 23, but walking through the valley of the shadow of death and the presence and the assurance of God with his people. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And through the, rivers, through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned. And the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt as your ransom, Cush and Seba in exchange for you. Why? Because you are precious in my eyes and honored. And I love you. I give men in return for you. Peoples in exchange for your life. Fear not, for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east and the west. I will gather you. I will say to the north, give up. And to the south, do not withhold. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the end of the earth. And everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. The sheep have been made and saved for the glory of the shepherd. 
Let us never forget that wonderful biblical truth. The sheep, you and I, have been created, redeemed and saved and restored for the glory of the shepherd, the Lord of hosts, the King of glory, who Psalm 24 says, would he enter in? Isn't it amazing that in glorifying his name, in God receiving glory to his name, that he cares for you and I. He tends to his sheep because we have been created for his glory. And as Isaiah 43 says, he has redeemed us because we are precious in his eyes. The shepherd loves his sheep. So much so that he put his life down for them. This is the Lord your shepherd this morning. If not, then let him restore your soul by coming to him in repentance. And if you can say the wonderful truth that the Lord is my shepherd, then would you be reminded this morning that he loves you, that you're precious to him, that he cares for you and that he wants to tend to you because he loves you and he is faithful in the care of his sheep. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you that you are our shepherd. We thank you that even though we wander off and we get lost, that you don't leave us to our own devices. But as we see in that wonderful hymn, Amazing Grace, that in grace you seek after us. You find us when we're blind, you find us when we're lost, and you call us to yourself. And in grace you save us and in grace you sustain us. Would you restore our souls afresh this morning, we pray. Would we know the closeness of the good shepherd beside us? Would we know that you love us and that we're dear to you? And that in glorifying your name, that you care for your people. The king of love my shepherd is. I nothing lack if I am his and he is mine forever. Lord, may that be so. And if we don't know you as our shepherd this morning, would you call us to repentance? Would you convict our hearts? And would we search after you with all of our heart? And thank you when we do so, we will find you. Lord, thank you that you're faithful to the end, that you're faithful in your care for your sheep because you are the faithful one. We ask these things in your precious name. Amen.